Welcome to Rising Leaders of New York with your host, David Zwerin of Hill & Moyne LLP. They present to you conversations with today's and future leaders of New York City discussing the challenges and issues relevant to New Yorkers. You can find this show at www.hillmoyne.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here are the hosts of Rising Leaders of New York. Hello, everybody. My name is David Zwerin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rising Leaders of New York, uh, where I get the privilege and the opportunity to speak with people who are really on the cutting edge of the important issues that we as New Yorkers need to know about in our daily lives. And uh, this week, I have the tremendous pleasure of speaking with my friend, Leona Krasner, the managing partner of Krasner Law PLC in Midtown Manhattan. Leona is a matrimonial attorney, but uh, more than that, she is a sensational business person. Uh, part of which I think she's only been uh, a a partner or the founder of her firm for I think about three. You know, correct me, three four years. Uh, she went from a solo practitioner to a thriving firm with multiple attorneys, uh, multiple paralegals, and every time uh, I hear from her, it seems like it's Things are only growing and growing, and she managed to do that in the midst of a global pandemic where most people were uh, worried about staying afloat and uh, just treading water. Leona is thriving and growing and uh, is an amazing attorney and a real inspiration for a lot of people. I'm sure we're going to have a really uh, exciting conversation today, so uh, welcome, Leona, to the podcast. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. So, uh, Leona, how did you... Uh, end up uh, becoming a matrimonial attorney. What was, tell us a little about yourself and how you uh, came to eventually be the founder of Krasner Law. All right, well, that's a great question. I decided I was going to be a lawyer when I was nine years old. I think I read some kind of really good book and the main character was a lawyer. I wasn't too sure what it was they did, but gosh darn, I was going to be one. And so then went to law school, goal was always to help children uh, and in law school you realize the aim is to, to make sure that you get a job at the end uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to precisely what kind of job it is a little bit less of a focus I found especially in 2012 when I was graduating and so I like to litigate I like to get into court and do stuff so I started out at the Attorney General's office uh, and then they couldn't understand why I was there six and seven o'clock at night time and so then I went private and worked for a number of big companies on their litigation teams and missed working with individual people and realized I was writing up cashiers and Uber drivers a little bit too much. And so right around that time, I actually joined a BNI group as their tutor. Uh, BNI has a one seat per profession policy and I've got this side hustle. I launched a tutoring company years and years ago uh, and so figured I'd be the tutor on the side. And so while I was in BNI, there was a family lawyer there who was amazing. Uh, and so at our first one-to-one, -one, she invited me. Well, actually, I said, I'd love to start my own law practice. And she said she would love to help me. And so she took me under her wing. I became of counsel to her, learned the ins and outs of not only family law, but how to run your own law practice. And then I launched my firm in 2019. And... And, and since then, you've gone from being a sole practitioner to every time I, I you're very, uh, what's the word, uh, 
very active on social media. And every time I look at your website or look at uh, your Facebook, it seems like there's only more associates and more paralegals. How big are you now? Uh, so we're at around eight people. And it's a, a lively team of attorneys and paralegals. And uh, what kind of uh, aspects of family law do you get involved? You mentioned litigation. Like what are what are all the aspects of uh, a family law you handle? So uh, we're helping folks in New York and New Jersey who fall into one of four buckets. First, folks who are looking to get married and are looking to learn more about a prenuptial agreement. Second bucket is folks who really don't want to be married anymore and are considering a divorce. And so whether it's an uncontested divorce, a contested divorce, or they'd like to mediate out their divorce, we help with that. Third bucket has to do with the children, the kids. And so we're talking custody, visitation, child support, maternity, neglect. We assist with those things. And then the fourth bucket is restraining orders. So whether somebody's filing a restraining order against a family member, a partner, a former partner, we assist with those as well. Okay. And uh, other than, than litigation, do does your firm handle any other aspects or is your firm the place you go like where for the more contentious aspects of, of divorce? Is it, do you handle counseling or just spouses uh, who cannot agree on custody uh, or divorce or things like that? The aim is to settle. But the aim is to settle in a way that's fair for our clients. So if the other side is offering to settle where our client will never see the child again, and our client, in fact, wants to see the child again, actually quite a lot, we're obviously not going to take it. But I'd say a really huge number of divorces settle. A decent number of custody matters and restraining orders and order matters and child support matters settle as well. So the aim is to get to a place where the client can feel comfortable with the terms they're agreeing to. And if there is no such place, then we're, we're going straight to trial. And I enjoy trial. And the meaner and yuckier opposing counsel is, the more in my stride I get. I remember I was two days past my due date to uh, deliver my little boy who was not coming out because he was real comfy in there. And I have a virtual court appearance. And there are three attorneys on the other side. Uh, and first the judge asked, this was a virtual court, but still the judge knew I was very pregnant, why I was there. Uh, and then we launched into it and I made sure that my client's position was heard and all three attorneys didn't have a good day at court on the other side. So I enjoy it when people bring it on because that really helps me shine. Uh, but if it's possible to settle, I want to do that. Um, no, you and I know that uh, we as uh, litigators, obviously here I do personal injury attorney, you've got to wear two hats. you got to know all the issues there are uh, to have in the case so you can develop your most effective litigation strategy and zealously advocate for your client's rights. But we also serve as counselors. Um, we know there's always risk to any litigation. It doesn't, it, you hopefully for both of us, a lot of our cases go very well, and I'm sure most of yours do too, but litigation always has risk, so we got to counsel our clients um, as to what's best for them. Absolutely. As to the prenuptial agreements, um, is that a major focus of the business? What, do a lot of people uh, seek out prenuptial agreements? Why is that something people should be considering when they're getting married? Okay, so we want to do a lot of people come to you regarding prenups. Do you have to counsel them through it? Is that one of your questions, sort of? Right. Uh, how how many people really are seeking out prenups, and, and if they're not, why is that 
is that something people should be thinking about? Okay. So people who are looking for prenups usually self-select themselves in. I'm not in the business of convincing somebody to get legal services that they really don't want or cannot afford. So typically, it's either somebody typing into Google, New York prenup, or asking their friend, hey, I want to get a prenup. Do you know somebody who can help me? Or somebody talking to somebody else. And that's how when they get to me, they're like, hey, I thought about this. I think I want it. As opposed to, you know, I really don't want it, Leona. Please convince me otherwise. <laughs> uh, so why get one, though, is, is what I think I'm hearing. Is that right? Right. Why? Why would you generally think this is a good idea for people getting married? Is it always a good idea? Is it times it isn't? So what is critical, I think, when it comes to chatting about a prenup is chatting about money, chatting about what things are going to look like going forward as one person and another person get married. Usually the goal is for the relationship to work. And if there are secret accounts or secret or this air of mystery. My mom loves this idea of this air of mystery, but let me tell you, as a family lawyer, it usually doesn't pan out well. Having the conversation about money, what the plan is about money, about accounts, about property, what, what you got, right? What have you got? What does the other person have, right? Having those conversations early means you're much more likely to stay married and you won't have to come visit me later because things fell apart because you didn't tell them about the 17 other properties you've got or the massive debt you've got or the fact that there's a gambling problem, right? Airing these things out early, I find, is very helpful to saving relationships and getting them on the right path from the get-go. Now, prenups aren't for everybody. you got two 18-year-olds who have nothing so long as hopefully they can open with each other and make a plan, do these people really need a prenup? I don't know. I am not of the camp that every single person needs a prenuptial agreement. That is not my view. That said, if folks are calling me and wanting to know more about what a prenup is and whether it's right for them, we're going to be talking through their specific cases and I'm going to be giving them honest feedback. And that honest feedback is sometimes, no, you don't. You don't need a prenup at this time. You may need some sort of agreement in the future, possibly, but maybe you don't need one right now, and I think that's that's okay. I'd rather turn away people who don't need something than take on folks by pretending that they do. Interesting. Um, what about someone, like you mentioned the 18-year-olds, what, what those people don't have any assets now, but like maybe in 10 years uh, later, they're, they're thriving and have lots and lots of assets uh, what do you think about that in considering a, a prenup at that stage, or is there something you, that can be done 10 years into the marriage if, you didn't do, if they don't have one, and now they have lots of assets? That's a great question. So there are prenuptial agreements, which have to be signed before a marriage, and then there are postnuptial agreements, which are the same thing, uh, but they're signed after two people get married, and there's really no limit on when a postnup can be signed. Thing is, both people need to sign it. So there's a lot more incentive before a marriage to sign a prenup where it's written in there that they don't want to get married unless this document is signed versus a postnup. Hey, honey, sign this thing. What does it say? That you won't get alimony since I make more money than you will. I'm not signing that, right? So it may become a little bit more difficult to sign a postnup down the line. Uh, but oftentimes, actually, I see people who are considering divorce and the question becomes, 
a spouse, either sign the postnup or I'm going to go divorce you right now. So they have a little bit of slightly different uses in terms of how they're used once in a while. Interesting. So do you find a postnuptial uh, agreement or a request for such a thing is often a precursor to uh, a visit to you for the people who are, want to stop being married or can it be done amicably? It can be done amicably. There have been cases where folks hire me to do a prenup and their wedding is in a week or two weeks or three days. And then they realize that there's a little bit more to a prenup than just, okay, I want one. Uh, and so they opt to instead do a postnuptial agreement and they sign one of these shortly after they're married. So they didn't quite get to it on the prenup side. And so they, they signed that postnup very shortly thereafter with very similar terms. Um, I'm curious, Leona, uh, you know, we are here at Hill and Wayne. We do a lot of litigation in the Supreme Courts of uh, the state of New York. Uh, and you're, uh, I know you litigate almost every day. I see that on your Facebook page every day. I get a photo of uh, the many courts where uh, you're going to and succeeding on behalf of your clients. Uh, I'm curious, what is your experience? How do you feel that litigation and maybe even just the world of practicing matrimony litigation has changed in the last few years since the pandemic? Well, the courts now do this thing called virtual court, which is amazing and very helpful because it allows me to attend more court appearances in a day than uh, otherwise ever would have been possible. I had a, a record-breaking day where I appeared on eight different matters one time. That is not the norm. Eight is a lot. Uh, but I would say that these days I appear for three to five matters per day. Now, a lot of courts are resuming in-person appearances, and so it, it changes the game a lot because it'll be in-person court, virtual court, in-person court, where virtual court will happen on a bench outside of a courtroom. And a lot of attorneys, if you look around, are doing something similar because of this sort of hybrid-type model. Uh, but virtual court has really changed the way law is practiced. Uh, Trial binders are not a thing, really, when you're practicing online. It's a matter of having a folder with everything sort of neatly labeled and knowing which buttons to press and which buttons not to press. And maybe don't press the filter that makes your cat. Right? You <laughs> to, uh, accidentally press the cat uh, and then spent the entire appearance telling the judge that he is not, in fact, a cat. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I'd say it's been extraordinarily helpful because the court can then either call somebody on the phone, say a party, or send over a link to somebody. Uh, and it's really changed the practice of law a lot. Are most of your trials bench trials or do you do jury trials as well? There are no jury trials in New York or New Jersey when it comes to family law. So that's interesting. So for, for you, uh, for the matrimonial sphere, that it really does sound like a, one, a wonderful thing. Because if you're going to do bench trials, that makes it so much easier to have that access to be able to do uh, all these appearances maybe simultaneously. That You do have to check those judges' rule now that we're uh, same here. Uh, some judges are staying virtual. Some are in person. So staying on top of part rules is really, really important. Yes, uh, but I agree for if you don't need jury trials uh, for a bench trial virtual, it must be a, a wonderful, amazing thing. Uh, in our sphere, I know that uh, because for personal injury, you have to connect with the jury and you have to be able to get the jury. Uh, it, it's been a long three years to get a continuing path towards normalcy. 
Uh, so very different on our end, but that's it's really good to know uh, that I guess the court has adapted in the family law sphere in such a positive way to make it sound like quicker and easier uh, for litigants to get their day in court and for advocates like you to communicate effectively for them. Yes, that's in my experience for sure. Interesting. Um, so I guess on a different topic, you're, you're an amazing uh, business person as I kind of teased at the introduction. Uh, you have a thriving firm in just a few years of matrimonial practice going from someone just learning to being a solo practitioner to now having a very busy thriving business. What is, well, I guess, what has been your loaded question, biggest secret success? And what do you think uh, people should need to know if they're wanting to take a similar route to just jumping in and trying their hand at running a law firm, learning what it is to learn an area of law and to practice and run a firm? All right. So first thing is pull the trigger. Pull the trigger sooner rather than later. It's always a matter of learning more and more. And there's always more to learn, but there are also resources to help you on the Internet, on the websites for the courts. They will have sample documents of nearly all kinds to help you do your job. And oftentimes, if you ask really nicely, other people who do that thing that you wish to do will be happy to share some tidbits that may be helpful. So if you're on the fence about wanting to start your own law practice or even business, do it. Do it now as opposed to waiting. Sooner is better. Be ready to make mistakes. That is the best way that we learn. All right. And somebody who has an attorney by their side who's fighting for them is going to be in a better place, even if that attorney is still at the sort of more beginning end of learning the ins and outs of a particular area of law than if they showed up in court by themselves. You, are, you get to be an advocate and you are allowed to continually learn on the job. I learn new things every single day. Uh, in terms of rapid growth, I think what's important is to set goals, check in on those goals, and make sure that you're taking steps towards reaching those goals every single day. So I really like the book, The Slight Edge, which talks about the fact that we're constantly slightly improving, we're slightly getting worse in all the different areas of our lives. We're not staying static, right? I miss the gym today, my health is going down an itty bit, all right? I call up one extra potential client today, I'm getting a little bit better at sales, right? So think about what you want those goals to be and think about what little teeny tiny actions you need to take today to ensure that you get to that big goal a year, two years, five years, 10 years from now. So that is definitely great advice. And one thing I'll, I'll say about you and I know to be truly on it is that you are very big about actionable plans and accountability, figuring out uh, what are what are your flaws or my flaws or what are ways any person can can grow as a person or uh, as a business person. Where where can process be improved? Uh, what do other people have to say? What can I learn from them? Um, that was one of the things I always uh, enjoy about getting to talk to you every day. And uh, you and I are in the 
same networking group. So I get to learn. I get to learn a lot from you uh, on a regular basis. And uh, I know that accountability is very important. And uh, that's something I find very inspiring about you. I know you are constantly trying to be more accountable. And even I, I think I've seen from you that you have like people you partner with to stay accountable and learn from them and just constantly be trying to do something better every day, which I think is a very admirable way to live your life and I'm sure it makes you a, a better person and a, a better lawyer. I like it. I think accountability is really helpful because I was the kid in the front row at school going, teacher, pick on me, right? <laughs> so knowing that there's a quote unquote teacher, right? Somebody who gets to see that I did my homework, that I got the A plus, that I did the extra credit is inspiring to me. It's very easy to go, hey, Leona, in my head, go and wash the dishes today, right? Unless I tell somebody, if I don't do the dishes, who cares, right? So it is helpful for me, the way I'm built, to know that somebody else knows I'm gonna do the thing. Now, they usually don't care a whole lot, to be quite honest with you, right? I mean, it doesn't hurt them if I do my dishes or not, in this example, but, it is the fire under my tushy because now somebody else knows. All right. So that's incredibly helpful. So when it comes to sales in my firm, we've got a sales celebration channel in the Slack chat in a Slack group thingy that we've got. Technology is also great. And my team is constantly teaching me about newer, hipper things. Um, but yes, Somewhere to post the sales celebrations means we're more likely to have sales celebrations versus, oh, I got a new sale, whatever. That is inspiring to go get that next one, right? And knowing what that big goal is so we're working towards somewhere is very helpful. Uh, another thing that I'm accountable for is gratitude. It is easy to get bogged down with the negative, the tough in today's world, and to focus on that, and I'd rather not. Uh, so each morning I've got an accountability partner and we chat about things we're grateful for that morning. And that sets the tone for the entire day. My husband and I are accountable to each other. We call it relationship review. When we talk about how the other person went above and beyond that week every Sunday. And it's real helpful. And some of the stuff that he remembers or that I remember really sort of throws the other person for a loop. Right. We've been married for some time now, but knowing that he's still got an eye out for stuff that he appreciates versus, hey, honey, you didn't do X, Y, Z, I think is very helpful for our relationship. And then in terms of personal productivity and doing the things I don't like doing, uh, there's a website called Focusmate, focusmate.com, where basically you're video chatting with a stranger and y'all both want to do things you probably don't want to do. And then they're in the little video thing on the corner and at the very beginning of this hour long or half hour long session, you mentioned what you're going to do. And then they're kind of watching you, but not really. And then you check in at the end. So it'd be really embarrassing to say, Hey, remember that thing I said I'd do an hour ago. I didn't do it. Right. Here's the opportunity. So to get through all those emails, it's really great to say, Hey, look, I'm going to go get through a hundred. They're like a oh, hundred. And then we jump back on and I'm like 115. And then we're excited. So that is helpful for me. Helps me do those things that might be a little bit tougher for me to do. Helps me to celebrate the smaller things and make each day a little bit more meaningful and positive as opposed to in the dumps and negative. 
Very interesting. Um, I think growth is like so important for attorneys. And generally, I think a lot of what you uh, you described is a real attention to being mindful, which is a, seems like, my, at least in my experience as a, uh, a humble husband uh, and a father of two uh, amazing children, being mindful is really, really important. How can you grow in your marriage and learn the things and not be static um, and grow and try to be making good, better choices and evolving every day. And um, I imagine that's what makes you and I like and I'd like to think makes me a good lawyer, that attention to detail and being mindful and wanting to grow and being hungry to constantly evolve and make better decisions, how to practice better, uh, how to learn more and do everything you can for your clients every day. Because uh, they call, I guess they call it the practice of law because we don't ever master it, but you get pretty darn good at it. And uh, obviously, Leona Krasner, you are very good at it. So for people who uh, might be in need of your service, who uh, hopefully have some people listen to this who are hopefully getting married really soon, and God forbid, or not getting married and want to stop being married uh, sometime soon, how can people get in touch with you? All right. So you can give me a call at 917-589-6519. You can shoot me an email at Leona, that's L-E-O-N-A, at L. Krasner, that's L. K-R-A-S-N-E-R.com. Thank you so much, Leona Krasner. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Um, I can speak very highly. I know Leona uh, very well. As someone I get the privilege of speaking with on a weekly basis, she is an amazing attorney and just a really, as I'm sure as comes across in this half-hour conversation, just an amazing person, someone who is you will not waste your time getting uh, an opportunity to know you'll come away with great advice about your marriage and I'm sure you'll make your marriage stronger or if uh, your marriage is not so strong anymore uh, it'll come to uh, the desired conclusion you're looking for um, with a much better chance of success if you consult her she's a great person for you to know uh, so thank you so much for joining us Leona thank you so much David thank you for having me my pleasure so thank you so much everybody for uh, joining us this week my name is David Swearing. I'm the senior trial here at Hill & Moyne. We are a plaintiff's personal injury firm, uh, particularly focusing on all matters of premises that are accidents where people uh, have an accident inside or outside of premise, particularly construction accident cases. Uh, if you happen to be in need of such services, if you're involved in a construction accident or on someone else's property or inside a property and have a serious accident, please give us a call. Uh, otherwise, until next time, when I get to talk to uh, another rising leader of NARC, this is my great pleasure to do. I'm David Swearin of Hill & Moyne LLP, and I'll see you next time. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Rising Leaders of New York, hosted by David Swearin of Hill & Moyne LLP. You can catch prior episodes at www.hillmoin.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others.